We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is Tyler Siski. All day long. Georgia State linebackers coach Brian Landis is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so. Yep. He's on, a stud. Uh, on the big show, we'll talk to him about a bunch of stuff. We'll have some fun. Uh, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I will warn people ahead of time that when we go to the three shot of me okay. and you and Brian, that hopefully my feet are not in the shot. Um, <laughs> you don't have any shoes on. I went to the gym. Well, here's my morning. <laughs> I went to the gym. I did a, a pretty... You, may, you pr- may take mine off to make you feel comfortable? No. I did a pretty long run, and I got home, and my plan was to take a shower. I got home, found out that a commitment that I knew was coming for Ole Miss basketball came. Okay. And I needed to crank. Surprise. Yeah, I needed to crank that out. I should have pre-written it. I didn't. I, I meant to this morning, but I was like, I need to go to the gym. I want my money back. Okay. I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> um, I'll add it to your next check. It'll be like 12 cents. Um, it's the only thing that doesn't go up because, God, taxes go up. Um, anyway. I, I wrote that, and then by the time that was done, it was like one thirty something. I'm like, oh, shit, Tyler's going to be here in a minute. And so I ran down and took a fast shower and threw clothes on. So, Well, I was on a Zoom with Maryland and getting them ready to go for spring recruiting with their staff, and I just turned it over to Clay. So I hope he's <laughs> – Clay's probably – I wonder if he's still going or not. I literally said I got. I told him I had to get off at, at one thirty to get over here, and, yeah, that's how that went. So Austin, thank you for the super chat. He meant to get that in before the show started. Um, I will say that the sentiment that you express here is uh, something I agree with. I, I, I think we, I think that is absolutely the truth. What he's saying in the super chat there about yeah, uh, it's common sense party twenty twenty four. Austin can be our secretary of arms. <laughs> they do they have those as an appointment? 
Uh, Assistant Secretary of Defense, Austin. I mean, you're in. Okay, there you go. We, we'll get him a cat. We'll give some sort of a cabinet post if we are fortunate enough to, or unfortunate enough to win. All right. So, did you before my man gets in here? Did you? Uh, so, you, I listened to a little bit of the show this morning when I was working out. Mm-hmm. So, you did watch the Masters. I wouldn't say I watched the Masters. I would say that I attempted to keep up with it a little bit. Yeah. Over the course of the weekend, um, and then on Sunday was interested i got interested in so many people hating uh brooks kepka who hates brooks there was all these people that like uh, kepka was missing was made some mistakes early he was my golfer i was going to when tiger shut it down like i've, I've been making the transition and then he freaking dipped on me and went to the live so i can't really i mean i still like the guy you know chris malloy is that's yeah. his boy yeah Mikkel, like, mickelson played well yesterday I didn't, li- I didn't like him now i didn't like him before either and so that was interesting to me. And then uh, I, I like – I cheer for the, the guy that won, Rom. Yeah, John b- Rom. Because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah, I was, that was the tournament I was there. Did I tell you that? Oh, you were there when I he got – I was there. I was there. Disqualified? Yeah. He rolled out Saturday. The day that we were there, matter of fact, we left that tournament. He was probably on 16 when we got out of there because he was in the last group or whatever it was. Yeah. And so that was a Saturday. And we left like it. He was probably on teeing off on 16. We kind of watched him tee off and then walked up the fairway to get out of there. And then I was like, what, what happened? So he was gone. But yeah. here was the interesting thing to – I don't know if anybody's talking about I haven't been on social media today, obviously, if you didn't know. I didn't know any of that stuff was going on. But um, well, I didn't either. I spent two hours basically, not quite two hours, but a lot of time on a treadmill off in my own little world. It's great. Listen to music. I watched uh, some Breakpoint on Netflix, yeah, the tennis thing. It's good. It's good. It's interesting. At times, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The TV coverage of the Masters, very interesting this week. So the Masters controls the TV coverage, yeah. not CBS, not ESPN. Right. The Masters controls what goes on. You did not see one shot of Phil Mickelson until Saturday afternoon late. You saw one shot. And I look, and I'm like, I'm scrolling through the leaders. Homie's tied for fourth. You didn't see the first shot of Phil. How about this? Dustin Johnson won the tournament. And I watched. If I I had to, like, have blinked to miss it or been zoned out, I literally watched. I mean, I was on the app. I had so much Masters coverage going on at my house. It's insane. DJ, I, maybe one clip, two clips, and it was because he was with somebody that was playing well. Patrick Reed, he didn't welcome to the tournament on Sunday afternoon. You didn't see anything on him till Sunday afternoon. Bryson DeChambeau, not the first shot was shown on TV of Bryson. Not the first shot. It's interesting. Like Abraham Answer, not the first shot. Now, Tiger is plus 4,700 every shot. You know, they control it. It's, Tiger looked rough. Yeah, that's bad, dude. I, depressing. But, but the, anyway, long story short, it was, it was very interesting. Like, and so the way the TV coverage was is they don't go live on CBS t- till two o'clock. Okay. Well, they had all the rain and all the backups and all that stuff. Right. So the, when the tournament came on on Saturday, when it finally came on, cause you were having to watch feature groups and things like that on apps that mm-hmm. weren't showing up broadcast. 
22 minutes later, the rains came. You got 22 minutes of Masters coverage before the rains came on Saturday. So Sunday, I got up. It was Easter Sunday. I got up and watched until we went to church. I missed like five holes of the last group. So, and then it comes back on at one. But like, the coverage is very selective. But did you see, uh, leading into that, did you see the TV, the trees fall? I saw a tree fall. Yeah, three fell. Really? And they were right next to each other. And I'm, I'm an educated redneck, right? So when I see a pine tree fall over because of winds, I have, like, something's up. Pine trees don't fall because of wind. I literally watched Katrina go through at 150 miles an hour and just bend the pine trees. I remember that. Right, I was sitting in Spanish right, Fort watching, the ground, man. watching pine trees bend, bend. and go, that's going to snap. And it never did. And the only time, well, the only time they snapped is when the gusts would let up and they recoiled and they would snap and take them. It was pretty cool, but they all didn't snap, obviously. But three pine trees fell. And when they showed the bottoms of them, there was no root system. Dude, they planted those pine trees that fell. Those have been recently planted. There was no root system. You know how when you when a tree falls over and there's just roots everywhere. Well, buddy, it looked like a it looked like a, a flower had fallen over. Well, that was. Risky stuff because he could hurt some. It's a wonder nobody got hurt. When was the last time you saw three pine trees fall completely next to each? Because the tree that fell, it looks like one. It's three of them, all fall at the exact same time. Because when one fell, it tore up the ground. Oh, and there wasn't a root system. Oh, so they all fell. And I saw an angle that there was actually a human being in the like in the middle of them, like it fell like one fell on the right side. Like you talking about hitting it just right. She was sitting. <sighs> I guess as a he or she, I don't know, but. It's lucky somebody didn't get killed. It really is. I, I know. But that was wild. And then um, before Brian gets on here, I saw this other thing. It was just cool as shit. I saw an article. I don't know if it was this year or last year. But the, lead, the, la- the first group was teeing off on one. Okay? So they had switched over. I think it was this year. It could have been last year, but I read this article. So they're getting the course ready for you know, the last round. And so they had the the uh, the big lawnmowers in the in the fairway, you know, lined up side by side. Yep. And a guy noticed that there was a hydraulic leak in one of the lawnmowers that burns the grass and kills it or whatever. And I meant remind you, they were teeing off on one, the first group. They're on hole number three. They saw that they had a leak. They dug up the turf from the leak, replaced the turf, and laid down new sod and had it all rolled out and everything before the, the group got to the tee off at three. Dude, Masters does it different. That's for sure. $1 million an hour in the merch shop per hour. That's how much they make. Word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals. No matter how big or small, I've used therapy as a way to handle stress clear negative thoughts, mentally relax a little. It's a life changer for me, a happiness increaser. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and it's entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com mpw today or get to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash MPW. Text my guy, see if he's ready. All good. Um, 
the uh but yeah they a million dollars an hour in the merch <laughs> go ahead go ahead and talk about something <laughs> hit the link that <laughs> oh he's trying to figure out how yeah. to get on i didn't see the the race um the dirt race you didn't I, watch that i i didn't i it's hard to keep up with all the sports, and also my the girls were home, and so I was trying to spend some time with them. I did see some of the highlights from the UFC fight. Hang on a sec. Gotta. We're trying to get uh, Brian Landis on. That's if you're wondering what our little hold up here. Is, that's that's what it is. Brian, if you can hear me, it's because you're on. You don't have Chrome downloaded. I don't think he's trying to start it on Chrome, and he's got something else. Oh, okay. There's no rush. I'll tell you real quick while you're doing that. Our our next partner's Athletic Greens. I take AG One. Oh, there he is. Oh, he got it figured out. Y'all hear me? Yeah. You get it figured out. Look, man. You're live. Well, I'm on my phone now because this little link you sent me, I can't get on my computer. So I have to do it this <laughs> You're way. live, by the way. Oh, well, good. Well, hopefully your mom's not listening because I'm going <laughs> to try to tone it back a little bit today. Now, y'all doing good? Doing good, brother. How are you? Well, if I was any better, I'd still be in Marco Island right now. But, yeah. Uh, How was your trip, right. man? Oh, dude. So awesome. So awesome, man. We, so we go down there. We ran a boat for the whole week, and then we just cruise around and pull up on islands and have a big time. So it was, it was fun, man. I'm going to get to Brian. We're going to resume that one second. I'd started an AG one read. I need to finish it so that uh, I can pay bills. It, it's tax time. As you might know, uh, I, I, I take AG one by athletic greens. Literally every day I gave AG one a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune system support. And I hated taking pills. I take AG1 every afternoon. It breaks my fast. I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, covering my nutritional bases. Covering nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it uh, each afternoon, done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash MPW. That's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Check it out. Look at there, man. That's pretty good. That's hey, a lot of reading. You know, Neil, I don't know if you know this, but the CEO – or one of the owners or whatnot is a Georgia State alum. How about that? The Green. Yeah. Yeah. She sends some stuff over here all the time. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It it takes here's here's the honest truth. It takes a few days to get sort of used to the taste. Absolutely. And you like you're eating a bunch of grass roots. You know what I mean. <laughs> and then after a minute, you after a minute, you kind of get used to it, and it tastes citrusy, and then you're fine. But it at the right. f- first few days, they might as well be honest. It tastes. Like you ate different. grass, okay, and then it we'll doesn't. <laughs> I guess I need I need to give my guy a proper introduction to our to our audience here. So Brian Landis uh, is the linebackers coach at Georgia State. This is one of my favorite staffs on the planet. Like I could I could work I could work at Georgia State. 
These are my t- these are my kind of people. These are my people. See, I got I became kind of a Georgia State fan when the video went viral of the I think it was a pregame from last year, and oh, yeah. and I'm looking at it. The first time I looked at it, I didn't have audio, and I'm like, oh my god, the coach and a player are fighting. Like before, what happened? It looks like, and then and then you're like, no, 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 that's not a fight. And then I turn the audio on, and it's this. I'm like, oh, these guys, that's awesome. Like. I love well, it. I love it when that coaches is, prove that, that they love the kids that they coach. I'm gonna tell you, it is genuine as hell too. That ain't no for show bullshit. Now that is legit. <laughs> That's what you see is what you get. And I'm gonna tell you, this is funny. My first first year here. So I've been here. This is my fourth year. My first year here. All the guys are like, "Hey, you know, just be ready for game day." And I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" They're like, "Do not go near Elliot." I'm like, "Why? What are you talking about?" They're like, listen, just stay away. I'm not going to tell you, just stay away. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we go up and eat, and he is in the zone. You know, he's in there just like in his head. Come down to the office after eating. He locks his door, and he's got this playlist. And I'm going to talk about Headbangers Ball from MTV back in the freaking 80s. He's getting after it. Like preparing his ass for war, man. It is awesome. And so – he comes in the locker room, he looks at him, and his eyes are like, you know, this. He's ready to kill somebody. He says, listen here, I'm going to say some things to you today that I'm going to apologize in advance for. I don't really mean them, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. But don't worry about it. And I was like, yes, sir. So we get on that field, and he is going nuts, right? And it's all it's legit. Like, he's in the zone. And the kid's freaking love it because he rips in the lo- locker room before we run out. And, I mean, it's like fights are breaking out. I mean, it's bona fide fights, man. It is awesome. And then we run out there, kids are ready to rock and roll. But, you know, he says some shit to you on game day, and you're like, I'm getting fired. <laughs> you know, then he come in. Yeah, he comes in after the game, and it's like your best friends again. He doesn't even know what the hell he said. It's perfect. <laughs> I was about to ask you, how many how many times have you been fired on game day? Oh, shit, 300 now, I think. <laughs> I'm lucky I still have a job here, to be honest. I, think. I hold the record. All right, hey, so before we get to the fun stuff, I was going to ask you some serious stuff. So you came to – you came – yeah, see, there you go. Oh, Lord. All right, yeah. so you, you came to Georgia State um, after being a high school coach at Frederick, Frederick Douglass High School in Lexington. And I think this yeah. is really interesting because, I, you know, we've talked. We, I've had a similar background. Um, and a lot of coaches – I mean, you probably get the calls just as much as I do because of the past. But what did – you know, kind of what did you do to kind of make the jump from – you know, high school into yeah. college? Well, it, you know, for me, it wasn't a big jump because I had, you know, I don't know if you know, I'd coached college for like 15 years before I took that high school job. Right. So I'm a, I'm a small school guy. I went to NAI uh, school, Georgetown College up in Kentucky, man. I had a great, you know, great time, met some great dudes, great team. You know, we went to four straight national titles and then I had the opportunity to start coaching there. And that's where I started my career. And hell, I thought I was going to stay there forever. You know, I loved it. Played for the guy that, you know, I was coaching with the guy that I played for, and it's just a good staff, and never really, you know, I was fine. I was just going to live it out and live my dream, be the next head coach at Georgetown College, all this fun stuff, right, you dream of. And then uh, end up going to EKU after that. And then when we got fired at Eastern, um, I'll never forget it. I'm, I'm sitting around, you know, in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, Derek Ansley, you know D.A.? Yeah. Yeah, so D.A. calls me. He's over at Kentucky at the time. I think he's now the Chargers D.C. So he calls me because I had been going to Kentucky's camp forever, you know, just trying to see kids and get in with him, blah, blah, blah. Well, 
he calls me. He's like, hey, man, we've got this spot open over here. We just got analysts. It's like when analysts first came out. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't have a job. I mean, hell yeah. He goes, well, can you be over here in 10 minutes? I'm like, <laughs> 10 minutes? Like, I just got done taking my morning dump, you know what I mean? Like, can I get 15 so I can brush my teeth? I mean, shit, you know? So I'm, I throw on a suit, brush my hair. This is all this hair I got, you know? Yeah, and, uh, I'm on that plan. Yeah, it must be nice. Yeah. Get a resume together and out the door I go. My wife's like, you better get your ass over there ASAP. So I roll in there. And uh, I was coaching DBs all growing up. Well, I roll into the room. It's Stoops, DA, the whole defensive staff. You know, DJ Elliott was the my guy. at the time. Yeah. And uh, so they start drilling me. And DA goes into his typical Alabama interview process where he's, like, asking me. I mean, this job's not even for DBs. It's for linebackers. He's asking me DB technique shit. And I'm like, DA, like, I'm, I'm not even coaching DBs here. Like, what are we doing? You know, what do you want to know this for? And he's asking me all these things. Well get through the interview and Stoops is like, look, you're starting tomorrow. I'm like, sweet. I'm in, <laughs> you know? So I ended up going there and uh, it worked out perfect because Matt house ended up coming on board. You know, Matt, I don't, he's the DC for LSU right now, yep. but he, uh, he's one of the greatest coaches I've ever been around. He, uh, he was with the Kansas city chiefs when he left Kentucky, won a super bowl. And then he got the DC job down there at LSU. But, He's really instrumental in everything I know about linebackers. I didn't know shit about it before, but he's taught me everything. And, you know, it was in that journey that I got to meet, you know, Sumrall. Uh, so I'm, I'm staying in contact with him. He's one of my good friends and just a good bunch of dudes. Well, long story boring, we get into the – after the bowl game, these guys that I played arena ball for were opening up this high school. And, he, and they keep calling me like, hey, you know, come over here and just look. I'm like, I ain't, no, I'm not leaving the SEC to come coach your – your brand new high school team. You know what I mean? I said, no one's going to come play for them, blah, blah, blah. Well, they talked me into going to dinner one night and uh, I show up to this restaurant. It's kind of like uh, an Applebee's type joint, upscale Applebee's in Lexington. It's called Cheddar's. Do they have those? Down oh, there? Yeah. I've, been, I've been to Cheddar's. Yeah. Been to Cheddar's, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Great food, right? Great yeah. food. So I roll into the bar area and they're sitting there and he's got these floor plans and he takes like four bar tables and opens these floor plans up. And he like has this big red mark and he's like, this is going to be your weight room. And here your budget is, you know, 500 grand. You can do whatever the hell you want. Now I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, this ain't so bad. <laughs> and uh, so they just stay on me, stay on me, stay on me. And I go and I talk to Mark. I'm like, Mark, what do you think? And he's like, look, dude, he said, you can stay in this business and you're going to get plenty of jobs, but you're going to be moving around every couple of years. He goes, don't be a dumbass. Your wife's got a great job here. Go take that job. Win a couple state titles and live the good life. And so I heeded his, uh, his direction. Well, this is funny, you know, so I had my first team meeting with Frederick Douglass high school. Okay. 13 flipping kids show. 13. <laughs> hey, you got to, so, you got two subs. I mean, you're good. Yeah. I call Stoops. I'm like, coach, I need my job back ASAP. Like, this shit ain't going to work, you know. And he's like, stick it out, stick it out. So what happens here when they open this new school, you know, we pulled from three other high schools in the area. Well, those kids had an opportunity. They could stay at the high school they were at or they could come over to my school. So I'm like, well, screw this. I'm going to start college recruiting these sons of bitches, you know what I mean? So I got a list of every kid Allegedly. in my district. Allegedly. 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 Yes, that was over at other schools, and I started doing home visits on these sons of guns. 
like no shit dude i roll into these houses and i'm like in the living room with the parents <laughs> telling them why they should come to douglas well we build this damn roster i go from 13 to 120 and i'm talking baller in what like i had in how long eight kids huh how long did it take to go from 13 to 120 three years yeah we went 35 and four went to the state championship game and sent eight kids power five wow awesome Recruiting. It's a great story, man. Fruiting, they did man. a freaking documentary on this thing. Like it was unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. I can tell you stories on days about this deal, but a lot of fun. So getting to the point where you're asking, yeah, I started there. We had a great run, great kids, uh, and it was funny because we were at the convention in Nashville, and uh, I got a call from my high school down here in Georgia. They're like, "Hey, we want you to come interview." So I roll on down here from Nashville. And I wake up clean my eye. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I got to go to Nat, you know, Georgia. Roll down there, interview, and I get to this interview, and this is when I knew Georgia football was like the real deal, right? They parade me down the middle of the freaking gym floor, and all the kids are in the high school. And I'm walking down the gym floor, and they're like cheering, like they don't know who this damn redneck from Kentucky is, and they're just like, woo! And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, this is crazy. What high school was it? you say Alpharetta High School. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And so, blah, blah, blah. I go through the interview. I get in my car. I'm on the way home, and, like, three boosters and the pr- principal called me. They're like, first of all, we're going to offer you the job. Second of all, what does your wife do? What does she need to do for a living down here? How can we help her? Third, where do you want to live? I got a real estate agent. And then four, how much do you need to make? And I'm like. Wait, well, I'm like, wait a minute, guys. Let's start at four. I don't even know that I'm doing this. Like, what the hell are we doing here? I'm not even to Chattanooga yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then the uh, my good buddy, Nate Fuquay, who was the DC here, who just left for UC, he calls me. He goes, hey, don't take that job. I'm like, how the hell do you even know that I've been there? Like, what's going on? He goes, don't take the job. Elliot wants to talk to you down here. Can you come back? So I'm like, are you shitting me? So I call my wife. She's like, honey, I got to turn around. So I turned around, came back down here, interview with Elliot. And next thing you know, I've been in Atlanta for four years now. Hey, that's how it goes, baby. Did your wife know she no. was getting into in, into the coaching wife business when she when you popped well, the question? You got know, to think. When I was at Georgetown, EKU, and UK, I lived in the same house in Lexington. Think about that. Three college jobs, same house. That's never, that has to be a record. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, we just sold that house. I wish I still had it because it made it was great to go back to go to Keeneland. And, oh, it's awesome. But, yeah, been here for four years now. Love it. All right, kind of on that, and then we'll, we'll start having some fun. <clears throat> I've always, because there's, you know, there's just not many. There are some, but there's not many that I talk to a lot that have a high school background. And I always talk about how important me coaching in high school and what I learned being in high school as, as compared to, just going straight college all the time where it's business. What what do you think you learned? What did you do as a high school coach that you kind of took that into college and you think helped you moving forward in your career? Well, I was kind of different boat because I literally like had to start a program from scratch. Like we didn't have a football field to practice on. You know, I didn't have a booster club, so I had to get that together. You know, it was managing every different facet of the program. So you know, just for me, it wasn't just focus on one position anymore. So you got the whole dang, the whole deal. And so I think that was one thing that helped me, you know, dealing with all different kinds of personality styles, you know, managing a whole organization, if you will. 
Um, so it just, it helped my leadership skills being in front of different parents, you know, being in front of administrators dealing with this issue, that issue is, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, but it, it also wears on you. You know, I like coach Elliot having to deal with that shit now and I can just coach eight guys. It's a good, a good life, you know, but that's gotta be number one. I mean, that, that helped me tremendously is just in, from an organizational standpoint. That had to make you a much better recruiter. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess by your personality, you were already a pretty good one, but that had to, that had to sharpen your recruiting skills, really trying to convince that many parents, Hey, we're going to pick up and moving high schools. I mean, like, look, you know how it is when you were in high school, when your kids are in high school, the thought of moving in high school is, is daunting, right? I mean, kids are like, man, I got, I, I've got my friends. I've got my routine. I don't, I'm not leaving that school. I'm not leaving to go to another a new school, new people that I don't know. Hell no. That was a that sales was job. Part, and that's why I had to go get in those homes and sit with those parents. And, you know, what we get in there, I mean, some of the feast you had, and I had a really good area. So we had this, this it was like a pie, and it kind of it started downtown and went uh, out to, like, the country. So I had a great dynamic of kids i mean i had your big country boys and i had your really athletic downtown skill speed yeah i mean i remember going on we'd practice on uh thursday mornings and i drive you know every thursday i'm driving through downtown at 5 30 a.m my truck picking up six seven kids and you know i'm passing drug dealers and the first time i go down did you stop (laughs) did you stop hell no well later on listen so by about week three you know we're winning a few ball games these drug dealers like, coach, what's going on? I'm like, God, I'm damn freaking in with the drug dealers now. This is great, you know. I'm not getting killed. <laughs> it was nuts, man. Yeah, that's, that's good shit. All right, so Georgia State this this year uh, was looking at your schedule, and uh, y'all open oh, up. Thank y'all, God. Yeah, y'all open up. Y'all have a little better than last year's. It is a lot better. You. All until until November. That's when November. You don't you get that that next last game. We'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah. so you got here's the cool part. And then I got to give. Uh, and this can happen by the way because we got this done at uh, at South. So look, you got Rhode Island and UConn coming to Atlanta. All right. You got to get this yeah. TV. You got to get this. You got to bump TV, man. You got to get this game set for like two p.m. on the turf oh, in Atlanta. Let them melt. Just melt. You know. Oh, you got to get it. You, you got to get it done. You can get it done. The AD can call and get this done. We've had this done before. Oh, trust me. The, the uh, I don't know if you've been on our field, but our field is the hottest place in southern United States <laughs> in the middle of August. And that's a fact because we got turf here in the stadium. Holy shit. It's like fire. Like your feet burn. It's so hot. So they play in the oh. old Turner field. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen awesome yeah. setup. I've seen it. They got the, like, I love in Coach Elliott's office, the head coach's office. You go out of his office, and when you go out of his office, he's in the bullpen of what used to be the bullpen in left field. That's his when you yeah. go to walk on the field. It's cool. You go up like you walk up the stairs, and they're like where they eat. Their cafeteria is like on the second level where like concessions and things like that were. You like can walk through the stands and go to the. It's it's, it's a cool setup. It is. You know the uh, I know Neil, you're big Braves or no? No, you are sissy. Neil, you like the Braves. Uh, I, I'm a Cubs fan. He's coming I, around. He's I, coming around. I'm a Braves admirer. I, I want I want the Cubs to be run like the Braves are run, and that that's not happening right now. Although, no, although, run. although, let's just real quick for one moment. Oh, one moment. 
Bob Nightingale of USA Today, who's been doing it forever, wrote in his weekly thing yesterday. He writes a big baseball weekly thing. Quoted an anonymous. Hey, listen, I'm a Cubs fan. I take every little morsel I can get for hope. Quoted an anonymous American League executive saying, "Don't be surprised if Shohei Otani ends up at the Cubs." So just, oh, I'd be yeah. Just be good. let me have that moment, that morsel of hope. You got it for what? Eight more months. Yeah, seven to eight months. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get to live. I get to live with just this morsel hope. of it's hope. Hope. It's for, hope. Which is the worst possible thing, as they said in Shawshank Redemption. Hope is the worst. Well, once you take away a man's hope, you've taken away everything. Yeah, hope is the best thing and the worst of things, right? So I'm, 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 I'm left with some hope. Anyway, that's my baseball for the day. There you go. That's awesome. But they, the the uh, Braves locker room and batting cage is still in our stadium. And so, like, I'll bring my kids down here, and we'll go hit in the damn same cages that Chipper and all those guys were hitting. Oh, that's big. cool. Smoltz's locker still in there, Glavin's. I mean, it's it's pretty neat, man. Oh, that is, real, that is really cool. It. Yeah. I've I've covered games in there. I've been in that locker room before. It's a There was some Hall of Fame dudes that played in that place. Yeah, well, we no got to get this. We got to no get these games moved to, like, 2 o'clock because we did this. We had no chance. When I was at South Alabama, we played San Diego State. And they were ranked like 12th in the country. They had not lost a game in like 14 games or whatever it was. And they were just beating the shit out of everybody. Dude, we scheduled <laughs> we scheduled that game at 2.30. They, 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 they it's had. like the third game of the season, like early September, second week of September. Dude, they were gassed. We just ran. We ran tempo outside. I bet we ran outside zone 46 times. <laughs> and we just yeah. tempoed it. And, dude, they were, <sighs> I mean, oh, it's humid. They, they were just dropping like flies. And we ended up winning that game. Fun story. The biggest margin of victory that we had that year was against the 12th-ranked team in the country at home. We beat them by, like, 24 Damn. points, maybe. How about that? Number 12 team in the country. And then we then we turned around and, like, lost oh. to Idaho the next week. <laughs> that heat. That's standard, right? Yeah, that's about right. That, that mobile heat's yeah. a real thing. I mean. It's the heat. It's the humidity. That's the thing. People don't realize, yeah. like, from a football standpoint, the heat's one thing, but it's the humidity – that they can't deal, they can deal with the heat, right? Yeah, sure. But it's that humidity that just zaps them, dude. I mean, you can't. You're training. Not, you're training in San Diego. There's no way you can simulate that. I mean, I guess you could go. Good luck to you, Paul. Find a big sauna somewhere. Hot works. <laughs> go to Hot Works. Take Indo and Hot Works. My favorite's when they come down here and they're like warming up and they're going hard as hell. You know what I mean? I'm just looking across, being like, "All right, you keep that shit up, you're gonna be dead by the second quarter." You know what I mean? Yeah. Ain't no doubt. So you make a call and go, hey, can we extend Can we extend pregame 15, 20 minutes? Let these guys keep going. All right. Well, speaking, of, speaking of your schedule, what, what do you think is, is harder right now in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Panthers? What's harder? Is it roster management or is it the fact that you got to go play LSU on November the 18th? Which one's, which one's harder? Oof. Oh, shit. Well, you know, either one you don't really have a good chance at. So, uh. <laughs> I'm going to start out by just saying, you know, the roster management deal, we, we've lost five starters to Power 5 schools, um, which to me, you know, they did it the right way. Well, four of the five did. And they called and got information. And it's a good step for those kids. So, you know, you got yours, go on and get on. Uh, but it's easier, I think, to replace those kids just because the portal you can get more kids out. Going down to LSU, the only thing I'm hoping in this scenario is they've got like Georgia before us and Alabama after us or some shit, you know, where we're wedged right in the middle. So and they just don't practice that week because they're worried about somebody else, you know. 
So, Brian, no, take I think either way, we're, we're pretty screwed, to be honest. Take me inside those conversations when guys that you guys gave opportunities to them and they took them and they came in and they made the most of them and they, they, they got starting spots and they helped your program, obviously. And then people are coming to them in the, what I call the tampering portal. And, and um, you know, they're getting to people around them and they're obviously throwing dollar figures at them that you guys can't match. Take me inside those conversations. Like, what, what do you say to those kids? There's nothing you really can. When they get money involved, I mean, first of all, they're going to go to Power 5 school and they're getting paid. Like, hey, good luck to you, man. Thanks for being here. We, we appreciate your time. And, and Elliot, he doesn't give a damn. Like, you want to leave? Get on out of here. We only want the guys that want to be here. And so we've adopted that same thing, and that's how I've always felt. So I'm, hey, you want to go on? Go on. But the guys that want to stay are the guys we want to play with anyway because those are the guys that means the most to. And those are the ones you, you end up enjoying coaching. It's not the kids that are always looking for the grass is greener scenario. How much? But, you know, we had a kid. Yeah, we had a kid was two years ago that left to South Carolina. He led the nation in sacks for us. And Jordan Stretch, we called him Stretch, Stretch on. Uh, he went to South Carolina, but he comes in the office and says that we, we did not develop him properly. And I'm thinking, you just led the freaking nation in sacks and we didn't develop you? Like, don't give me that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? So those are the ones when they come in with some BS excuse, just tell me the real deal. Like, you, you got paid and you want to go P5. Cool. I can live with it. You know, I'm happy for you. Good luck to you. How much is uh, your roster tampered with? Because, I mean, the Sun Belt is loaded with good yeah. programs, good coaches, good players. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, it, we talk about it a lot on, on this show. I mean, it's, it's, it's SEC light, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it is the same yeah. football. It's just smaller schools, smaller fan bases, all yeah. that stuff. So how people know they can come check out your rosters looking for talent. How much is your roster tampered with? A lot. You know, like I said, we lost five guys. So our nose guards at Miami, um, he was freaking unbelievable. They couldn't block him in South Carolina. You know, he's a little undersized dude, but he was a stud. Uh, Thomas Gore. Our safeties at going to North Carolina. We had a receiver leave for Louisville. Our, uh, we had another kid left for, listen, listen, we had a kid leave to, to USC. And I'm talking about the Trojans. And they didn't even call us to get like a character check on this. They paid him a big bag and, and took off. And he wasn't even starting for us by the end of the year. He was a rotational guy and they took him. So, you know, it's a lot of kids, man. So if you're a dude, there's a good chance, you know, you could, you're going to be getting a call. And you just, that's how, that's where we are right now. You got to deal with it and, you know, bring other guys in and develop good high school kids and move on and just keep on chugging. I know we've talked before, but I thought it was crazy. I had to bring it up. Like, how weird was it? All right, you're a coach. Now you're recruiting kids out of the portal. Do you feel weird when you show up on a college campus to go recruit somebody during, during, I mean, is it just, what do you do? I mean, that's just a weird deal. Well, let me tell you, like when we, this portal thing opened up, right? The first uh, cycle here in December. So I got in my truck. I drive to freaking Clemson and (laughs) and I'm sitting down. I show up at this damn uh, Starbucks, right? And it's like I'm having a freaking interview. It's like speed dating, you know what I mean? So the first guy sits down with me, and we do about a half hour drinking coffee. And he leaves. Next guy sits down. We do about a half hour drinking coffee, you know what I mean? Then I go home, and I come back the next week with the head guy, meet with the same two guys. I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. I think I called you. I'm like, you'll never believe what I just did. <laughs> I didn't go to any freaking high schools. I went to freaking Clemson today to find some dudes. Like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that, that would just – it would – I don't know. I, I, that's something that would just 
throw me off. That would it would throw me off. Driving to another campus. Well, that it's just a different yeah. type of recruiting, right? You're, there's no like home visit with a mom and dad. It's all transactional. It's it's a different style yeah. of recruiting. There's no relationship. There's no BS. No it, It's it's they, literally they like this is what we do. This is what we can do. This is how much you're gonna play. Da 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 da. And then going about your life. And then obviously in their case, yeah. it's what I love. I love the culture at Georgia State. I think it's just fucking awesome. Um, sorry, mom, but that's. It, it's a, you know, it, that's what the kids are attracted to, and and it's fun there. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's the way the game was supposed to be played. Well, and, and without it, at a at a program that can't compete financially, yeah. nil wise with Power Five, if you don't have good culture, you're you're screwed. Yeah, there ain't no doubt. There's no doubt. All right, if you could change any recruiting rule, did we lose him or we still got him? Oh, uh, he muted himself for a second. It says. We'll take an opportunity while he's doing that. Yep. Take an opportunity to tell you that we're brought to you by Walk On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. So you got the NBA playoffs coming up. You got uh, Major League Baseball's going now. You got college baseball, spring games, all that stuff. Check it out at Walk-Ons. You can also order online at walkons.com or on the convenient Walk-Ons app, especially if you're here in Oxford or you're in the Jackson area. Stop by Ridgeland and uh, tell the people at Walk-Ons how much you appreciate them being part of our show. What are you doing over there, man? You going to, you going on a tour? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm a damn uh, phone's getting ready to die. I had to go get a charger out of Coach Peep's office. <laughs> uh, I'm right. a damn train wreck right now. Uh, I understand. He had a good he had a good little vacation last week. Um, serious question hey. though what is what is a one recruiting rule you wish that would change? Since you're going through it now, all all these new rules that are crazy and going on. What what is the one recruiting rule if you could change it? What would you change? 
I'm going to tell you, I'm old school. I just wish it'd go back to how it was. No NIL, no transfer portal. Now, the, the, the one thing I do think they should change is if your head coach leaves, then you can you can leave. But I think, you know, the way it was, it was such a good model. I mean, shit, people paid back then, no one knew about it, nobody really gave a damn. I mean, what was wrong with that model? You know, now that you're paying players, it's like the game has changed so much. These kids don't really love football. They love getting paid. And that's just – that's not what this game's about. You know, this game, you come to college on a scholarship, you are getting paid. You're getting a $120,000 education for free. You're getting world-class trainers. You're getting all the food you want, all the freaking gear you want. Like, you're getting paid. You know what I mean? And the model has changed for the worse, in my opinion. You know, and, and look, like I said, I agree. Like, if your head coach leaves, then by gosh, yeah, you should be eligible immediate. But all this, like, mental illness, BS, you know, that's just an excuse. The hell with that. You should be, have to sit out regardless one year. Make life easier, you know? See, everybody thinks I'm the crazy asshole. I've never called you. I mean, I have called you a crazy asshole, but not not in re, not in relations to this. I agree with you. The, right, the, I've been saying this for a year. The the I know the ability back in the day, if you wanted to transfer, you had to really want to transfer because you had to sit a season, yeah. unless you went down a level. Right, right, right. But if you wanted yeah. to transfer, uh. In the sun, inside the same subdivision, if you will, you had to really want to. Because if you were willing at the age of twenty to sit a year, you really wanted to transfer. Yeah. And at that point, okay, no doubt, okay. But what we've done now is this unlimited free agency. It's, and and yes. And listen, I I think it's coming. I know what the NCAA says. I, I don't believe them. I think what's coming is. It's not going to be announced as unlimited transfers, but it's essentially going to be unlimited transfers. I'm just telling you that's my prediction. Yeah. I'm not I'm not wishing for it. I'm just telling you I think you can read the tea leaves and see where this is going. Somewhere yeah. down the road, some kid's going to challenge it in court, and the NCAA is going to go, well, we don't want any part of this. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's – I'm not – we're not getting on this whole damn thing again, but, again, the problem is to me, and Brian's on here, he's a coach and all that stuff – is the people making the rules have never broken a huddle in their life. They've never put a no, roster together. That's exactly it. <clears throat> and they don't understand. And it's the same thing. And, and it's not their fault. You just don't know what you don't know. But when the fans go, oh, but, you know, coaches can leave and th all this stuff, that's cool. Yeah, I I'm with you. Okay, but you still don't under or adjust to the rules. You've never put a roster together. And, and we're doing such a detriment to the kids where now it's like, hey, the first time you get your ass ripped – Okay, the first time you're not starting this weekend, I'm going to hit yeah. the easy button and go. But they don't understand that the life lessons, though, which is the whole point of this drill, right? Sure. The life lessons that you learn from fighting through that adversity and going through tough times, tough times make tough-ass people. And so no doubt. hitting the easy button and shit, that doesn't get it. That, that's that's teaching them to quit, in my opinion. That's why you watch film, right? When, you're, when a team loses a game. High school, college, whatever. When you win a game, lose a game. When you lose a game, though, specifically, you lose a game, you watch the film. Why do you watch the film? To correct the mistakes. Right. You're not watching the film. That you're not changing the history. You got beat, right? Yeah. And no matter how much on high school you play on Friday night, no matter how much on Saturday morning the coach yells at you, it's still right there on the films like, Coach, it happened. But <laughs> what you're trying to do is fix it so that the next week you improve. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's the point of – really, it's the point for 99% of us – hand raised, who weren't good enough to play college football or college basketball or college baseball, whatever sports, it's about a learning lesson at a place, at a level where it's fun, 
and there there's no ramifications. Yeah. If your if your high school team goes four and six, it's not fun, but it's not like gonna you're not gonna not get the promotion at age thirty two. When they're not gonna say, well, how'd your high school team do when you were a junior? Well, we went four and six. Well, fuck you, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's not like it's not the real here. world. Yeah, it's, it's it's so it's about life lessons, and I don't know you. The life lesson that gets taught when you can just transfer, transfer, transfer is that the moment it gets hard, quit. Yep. All right. So what we don't know about Brian, because I know it's, he's got a, he's got his his gear on over there. So he he's he's put together now. So the key question is, is how much are we bench pressing right now? Oh shit! Here we go. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, one thing when you come work for Sean Elliott, you either work out or you die, and that's it. <laughs> like he ain't hiring no fat asses off the street like you better be a workout guy so and I, that's legit like we as a staff we, we we work out every morning together and i already really? have a team meeting every morning oh yeah and, wow. it, and it but i'm not saying like we don't go in there and pound like oh we're bench pressing today like it's circuits man it's get your heart rate up as fast as you can go and do circuits and you know interval sprints and then tuesdays we usually uh run the stadium ramps and then uh Thursdays we usually take a a run over to the zoo and back. So that's Let's go. kind of our, our routine during the week. See Neil, you'd fit right on in. Yeah. Neil's a runner. Neil Neil put how'd you put in eleven and something today? Eleven and a quarter today. How about that? Oh. Well let me tell you, running might be the worst thing <laughs> on the planet. Anything over like a quarter mile is terrible. I ran the damn uh, mini marathon many moons ago. And I swore to myself I was never, ever going to run again. I got to, like, mile nine, right? And I'm hauling ass, feeling good about myself. And then all of a sudden, this, like, 80-year-old sloppy-looking lady goes flying by me. And I'm like, this shit ain't for me, bro. I ain't doing this anymore. You know? Like, it was awful. Yeah, as as yeah, a rule, if you're if you're I've running, respect for those guys. if you're running a marathon and if someone uses the word "I was flying," it's like, uh oh, that's that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not He's the point. Die. <laughs> All right, you you spent a ton of time in Lexington, right? I mean, ton of time. All yeah, right, so yeah. if I if yeah. I if if the good Lord came down to you and he said you either got to give up bourbon or you got to give up horse Ooh. racing, Ooh. which one are you giving up? Ooh. Oh, well, here's the deal. There's no horse racing in Atlanta anymore, so I'm gonna give that shit up. You know, oh. uh, I'm gonna keep the bourbon, just because <laughs> I, I like bourbon, um, and I like. And I'm not saying all bourbon. I like good bourbon. Anything Buffalo makes is good. I tell you, what's a really good one if you haven't tried it. Um, you're a big bourbon guy, aren't you, Neil? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, get you some William Tarr. It's Coach Stoops bought this company or invested in, and it's William Tarr. It's a really good bourbon at a good price. If you're looking for something, because you like. My wife and I, you not know, sure if I've seen she's it not a bourbon person, but uh, we started getting into a little bit of tequila now, just drinking tequila. Um, and we found <sighs> some, because you can't get bourbon down here anymore, like the good stuff, yeah, because it's just such high demand. Um, but the tequila we've found is good price, and you can find some really good stuff that's smooth, and it's a little easier <sighs> on the stomach in the summertime. Dude, uh, I, do you not like tequila? Oh, food, I, I love tequila. Tequila doesn't love me. Yeah. I, it's like, dude, I, I turn into a different person. Like, I, that's the no, one, dude. the one, out, like every other alcohol out there, I get chill. I'm good to go. Are you? Tequila makes well, me very aggressive. Well, that's what happens when you drink like 10 cups of the stuff now. You, know, you just got a <laughs> one or two. That's all you got to do, my man. No. That 10 cup stuff. Is yeah, I get that. Tequila gets me, uh, it gets me a little, I get, I get uh, it, the crazy person. Well, you out. might also, I mean, 
Like I love it. Everything's not about how much you spend, but with with tequila, I have discovered that some of the the it really is. cheap stuff has a different impact on you than the better made, oh, I'll, better I'll, produced stuff. I rock eighteen hundred. That's what I rock when I drink it. Again, is um, that cheap? No. Is is eighteen hundred cheap? Is that a considered a cheap tequila? No, I, 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 I think so. Like, it, there's, I don't like it. As much. Th- there are some tequilas that are just. Well, what the hell are y'all drinking? More advanced that you don't have some of the same. It well, doesn't impact you from a chemistry standpoint. What are you drinking? Yes. Uh, like, how much should I be spending on a bottle of tequila that that's good? So there's a really good one called. This is funny. Called uh, La Gratonia. No. Oh. And it's like it's like Crazy Woman or something like that. So. <laughs> That's what we get. It's I'm gonna tell you, this is 36 bucks. It's one of the smoothest, cleanest reposadas you can get. You know, and I, I love it, and it's really good price point. Uh, but like Neil said, man, you can get up there in the hundreds, one twenties, one eighties, two hundreds, and it's like you're drinking. Uh, like you ever had Weller Twelve or Pappy? Yep. I just drink it's it, just, man. It's like that, but it's tequila. Like you, you can just. I mean? I'm 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 definitely like the guy that you go. Hey, here's some good bourbon. And I drink it. I'm like, yeah, that's damn, that's really good. It's like that, the wine that we had when we were out in Boise, right? That Bob and those guys hooked us up with. I can't remember the name. I almost text you again this weekend. I can't remember the name of that wine, but it was damn good. It was just, yeah. it was Camus, right? Camus, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, well, I that's could, Stoops' favorite. It's good. I got a funny story about it. It's Camus. good. You ready for this? Yeah. So we're at the bowl game, the Gator Bowl, which was the Tax Act Bowl or something right now. So we're at the Gator Bowl, and Coach Stoops takes the whole staff to dinner. Well, my wife and his wife are pretty good buddies, so we're sitting right across from him. And Stoops, like, that's all he drinks, that Camus wine. Loves good. It. So he gets the big, what's the, is it the craft? What's the giant bottle, Neil? You mean like the big, the big Magnum thing of it? Magnum, Magnum. So he orders a Magnum of Camus. And we're thinking, well, he's going to share this with everybody. <laughs> Hell no. That was for him. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to go rotten here soon. So we get about halfway through dinner, and Dan Brezowitz, who was our deal, he did everything in yeah. Kentucky. He was sitting right behind me. Well, he started running. Like, he loved to get the shit stirred up. Well, he started running his lips at Stoops. And Mark, this is no lie, picks up a freaking knife and throws it. <laughs> and this knife goes flying by my head like an inch from killing me God. right at brez brez ducks out of the way and hits the wall i'm like oh shit i gotta get out of here i'm gonna <laughs> die before the game <laughs> and i'm like oh he's nuts man just a good time and it was all in fun but i'll never forget that that's my Kama story about mark stoops but that's all he drinks yeah i enjoyed it it was good you enjoyed it twice uh, twice yeah i did <laughs> I enjoyed it once on the way down and once on the way up. It was, and, it, and that's oh, when you knew it was really good wine. And that wasn't because I was drunk. I was legitimately sick. But uh, I told Neil the next day, I said, let me tell you how you know that wine was really good. It's because it tasted just as good when I was throwing it up as it did when, it was, when I was drinking it. So I was like, that, that wine, I told Neil, so I, I guarantee you that's some good wine. All right. One, that's a, a couple, one special right there. All right, one more, then we got speed round, then we'll get you out of here. All right. Uh-huh. So we're going to take all the Sunbelt coaches. All right, UFC style. Last one standing. We're gonna yeah. put them in a room. We're gonna lock the door. Who's who's coming? What head coach is coming out? This is head coaches only. Head coaches only. I mean, is this even a question? Huh? It's gonna come down to to two humans, <laughs> and I'm taking one because I work for him, but because I know he won't quit. So him and Summy are gonna be in the finals. Him right? and Summerall. 
Him and Summer are going to be in the finals. Probably because Summer is the youngest. I'm, I got a guess of all the head coaches in our league, and he's still, you know, he's got some shit to him. You know, I'm sure he was a, a scrapper back in the day. I'm <laughs> going those two, but I'm taking Elliot to end up whooping his ass. At the end. <laughs> and just for this fact alone, because I know Elliot will not quit until one of those two humans is dead. And it ain't going to be Elliot because he's going to go and go and go until you are dead. So I'm taking Elliot all day, every day, end of story. Sorry, John. I don't you know. Hopefully somebody's not listening to me. Where, where does, hey, where's our good friend Kane? When's he, when's he coming out? How, how long you know, is he going to make it? I don't, well, as soon as Elliot gets a swing on him, it's done for everybody. So, <laughs> you know, whenever Elliot gets his paws on him, he's done. That's what I'm saying. All right, you're a Cincinnati guy. Yeah. Give me your give me your take on Skyline Chili. Oh shit. Now listen to this. So growing up, I was cutting grasses all the time, right? That was my job. Well, we'd go to Skyline about four times a week. So I'm I get smart, you know, I'm like, well, screw this. I'm gonna get me a job at Skyline so I can eat for free when I come here. So I used to work at freaking Skyline. That was like my first real job besides cutting grass. And I used to eat the shit out of those conies. You know, I'd be slinging conies, eating conies. I was a cony eating machine. So I'm going Skyline. I love it all day, every day. It's delicious. I'm not a, I wasn't a Skyline guy. I've, I've yet to try it. I've been to Cincinnati several times and have not tried it yet. It was just too well, soupy, you know, man. They, 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 they cover wow. up the soupiness of the chili with as much cheese. Like it's, here's what it is. Go get, let me tell you how to do Skyline chili here. Go to Wendy's, get you a Burt's, get you old Burt's chili from Wendy's, and put four blocks of cheese shredded on top of it. Now you got Skyline chili. No, you, you got to go to experience it, Neil. Next time you're, you'll love it. I mean, it's delicious. It's got freaking chocolate in it. I mean, what do you have you had that's got chocolate in it? it sucks. Yeah, it's got chocolate and like <laughs> a. That's it's a good got point. like Fair. chocolate and cinnamon in it, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's awesome. Now, I love Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is one of the more underrated cities in the country we went there to see the cubs and i was kind of anticipated yeah. being bored or whatever i i, I love since it was cool yeah it, it's a great town it's just too damn cold you know? i went to the but i do love it. we went to uh visit the staff at cincinnati that's a couple of years ago and that's when i got my skyline experience all right speed round here you ready for speed round all that's right this right, is yeah. speed round with brian landis all right question simple uh, answer you ready to go yep all right beach or mountains Beach all day. Beach all day. Okay. He just got back from the beach, so that's probably. Like, that's who probably in the cheaper. hell wants to go to the mountains when you can be sitting on the beach with a cooler? Oh, I'm with you. You, you don't have. You don't have to convince me. One million percent. There are people out there though. All right. Shoo. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, a pub sub is the greatest sandwich on earth. A hot dog is a great invention that I eat weekly. <laughs> Big hot dog guy, huh? Oh, I love a good hot dog. Absolutely. Especially at the ballpark. Grill or boiled? Grilled or boiled? Yeah, on the hot dog. How do you fix your steamed. hot dog? I'm going steamed at the ballpark is the oh, best okay. way. Okay. I'm grill guy. All right. All right. Was Lee Harvey Oswald the lone gunman? Absolutely not. FBI's involved. There's about three or four shooters. All right. Fair. I think we're all on the same page here. You think FBI or CIA? CIA, I said that wrong. I'm sorry. CIA. For okay, sure. okay. Worst food you've ever been. Yeah, might have been. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Worst food That's you've right. ever been served on a home visit. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, remember I was telling you about these dang high school home visits I was going on? So the first lineman that I got 
I walk in this house, and this kid was a behemoth. His name was Jeff Black. God love that kid. Big boy. He was like 6'4". He's like 380 at the time. We had to get oh my dad God. like 330. Play. Yeah, he was huge. And when I walked in the house, I knew exactly why. Mama threw down this dang tin container. It was about a five-foot by five-foot dish of pasta, cheese, freaking Doritos, like anything you could throw in a casserole, it was in this damn thing. And I'm sitting here gutting it down like, God damn, just please come to Douglas so I can coach you. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Awful. But good people, nonetheless. Good people. All right. Beer of choice. Miller Lite all day. Let's go. Have you seen the uh have I you mean, seen the uh on social media the the, the going against the Bud Light? Listen, yeah. Listen, this is great. We got time for this? Oh sure, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we're down to Marco and I told you we ran a boat. Well, in Marco, there's this island called Key Wade Island. So you just cruise these intercoastals and then you pull up to Key Wade Island and you just beach your your boat right up on the sand, right? So it gets crowded, man. It's it's a good time. So it gets crowded. Well, there's this little tiny spot. You got to go early. You don't find a spot. So I'm pulling up, and this giant boat next to me has got this big Trump flag off the side. And I'm like, all right, I'm pulling in next to this guy. Let's see what this guy's all about. So I, I pull up on the beach, and I, you know, I set up, get my wife all situated. My kids are out there ripping and running. And I grab into the cooler, get myself a, a white can. And the first thing this guy, he looks at me and says, Golly, I thought you're gonna be one of them blue can boys. He said, you got any more of them damn things? I said, No, sir. I grew up on these white cans. We've been drinking these since Moby Dick was a minute. <laughs> All right. Favorite white dish. What the hell was Bud Light thinking, by the way? I mean Yeah, what's the what do you like to call it? Hand raising hand raising. Yeah, guy? I mean, someone had to be in the room and go, Hey, do you you're aware of the majority of our clientele, right? I mean, <laughs> you get it, right? I mean yeah. who who drinks our product it's, here? Right? This is Bud Light. Who drinks Bud Light? That's that's we might ought to, I don't know, think about sort of channeling our advertising towards them. I talked to a buddy of mine, yeah. I guess who he's he's friends with a Bud Light. Uh, distributor god bless him and he said that he was talking to his buddy he said it was the worst week of his life last week or whenever it was oh can you because because the distributor had they're no, getting hammered he had like no it's role. their fault he had no role in that decision yeah, yeah. but they're but they don't know that they're getting yeah. hammered because it was their fault sorry yeah no you're well, good Zisky, you know i gotta give a big shout out you know your your good buddy your college roommate paul yep. limbaugh right? paul limbaugh my good so buddy paul is, he's my neighbor yep and that's how I got introduced to you. Yeah. Matter of fact, well, Paul, we gotta we gotta throw this at him. He's a blue boy drinker. He is a big one. He is. So I'm, I'm really hoping, Paul, if you're listening, man, you gotta come hang out with me more and change your ways and get on these white cans together. Big he, well, he used to not be a blue can guy when we didn't have any money, but now that he's got money, he he went from like natty. We used yeah. to we were natty light guys, right? Yeah. yeah. He so he's gone from natty light to Bud Light. That's that's the high dollar beer, right? So when you go when you when you leave. <laughs> Bush light or natty light, and you go and you make that jump from that until you got a choice to make when you start making a little money. It's either you go blue can or you go white can. But before that, it's either natty light or Bud Light. I mean, natty light or a bush light. So he's he's made the yeah. transition to the to the blue cans. I have given up my blue cans for life, so I will not drink them anymore. I'm a straight white can from hell out. <laughs> All right. Favorite dish that your wife cooks? Ooh. I'm trying to get, see. I'm setting this uh, well, up to I'll give listen. you some brownie points. 
she uh everything she cooks is good um <laughs> look at there see, we got a kind Softball. of a, a deal in our house she bought me three different grills so i got an egg i got a traeger and then i just got a a, a regular gas grill right so i told her listen i'll cook all the meat anytime you want and you're gonna make all the sides so that's kind of how we roll in our house okay but, but the best thing that she makes she's got this chicken casserole that's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. My kids eat a whole damn tray of it in like an hour. You know what I mean? They just crap. All right. Last question. Favorite flavor of rain. So we know our, our good friend Bob's probably listening. So what's your favorite favorite flavor of rain? Because you're I know you're a rain guy. Absolutely. Now I need to get Bob down here to Georgia State because I, I see look, I got a little see that fridge over there. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That little fridge in my corner has been handed down from the guys previous that were here, but that fridge needs to be stocked full of rain. So if Bob could ever make an appearance down here at Georgia State, I will gladly stock that with all the cherry limeade. Oh, oh. Throw look at there. That's, That's what I'm rocking today. Yeah, cherry, oh. limeade, cherry limeade's a top three. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Bob actually lives in Atlanta, dragon. by the way. Yeah, Red Dragon. That's where it's at. I like the dragon. I like the dragon. Hey, how about, you know, Bob lives in Atlanta too, right? Yeah, you told me. He yeah. lives up in Cobb County. Right? Yeah, he's right, right up the street from you. As a matter of fact, when I came to visit you guys, I went in and, and went to dinner with Bob that night. So, dude, look, I appreciate nice. the hell out of you. I know you've uh, y'all are busy getting ready for spring, yeah, going to spring recruiting. You know, y'all finished spring ball early, so you're getting ready for spring recruiting and all that stuff. But appreciate the hell out of your time, man. Oh man, you guys are great. Listen, I listen as much as I can, and you know, you guys keep it real and. Uh, it, it's fun to listen to guys that tell the truth and, and do a good job. And so I appreciate the hell out of you guys. And anytime you want, and, and listen, I feel kind of blessed here because, you know, once you got through all the heavy hitters, the Summerall's, the Kane Womax, the <laughs> Elliot's of the world, you got down to the peons like me. So I feel pretty blessed to be on here and I'm, I'm pretty happy. About hey, you getting, we're getting, see, I told you the, uh, you know, we got Summerall, like when I was doing the old show, Summerall was the linebackers coach at Kentucky and then he turns and gets a head job. Yeah. Right. So we got we got this thing, got this this magic, man. So we're just getting you ready for your next head gig. Hey, buddy, I'm taking. I'm gonna do some home visits on space graders. You know what I mean? Let's go. <laughs> All right, dude. I All appreciate right. the hell out of you, man. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, y'all be good. Thanks, guys. All Take right. care. See you. Okay, my head on close up there for a second. Yeah. How about that? stud man I, I yeah, he's great so paul limbaugh is my he mentioned him so paul is a uh was my my run dog in college we actually we technically we never lived together we just stayed at each other's like i ended up going over there and staying at his house you know on the weekends <laughs> to uh uh so i wouldn't have to drive home i would i would go to his house on friday afternoon i'd get back home sunday night sometime and just uh we spent a lot of time together but uh the whole group we had a we had a good Good, good, good group uh, there. And so Paul's his neighbor. That's how I actually met uh, Brian. So we've been brought to you by uh, Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, get in touch with our friends at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, Olive Branch, uh, those areas, get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. Um, you mentioned it briefly before we, before we get out of here. Mm -hmm. So UFC was uh, 287 was this past weekend. So I do Saturday was freaking awesome. I was all excited because I was going to have the Masters, and then lead right into 
but the masters got cut short. So we did some family stuff and then went to walk-ons this, uh, this past weekend, and I had a good good friend of mine that coaches for the Houston Texans was in town. And, oh yeah, saw that. And uh, went to uh, we went to uh, walk ons and had a little happy hour with uh, my wife and his wife, and caught up a little bit. So that was that was good. I crushed crushed some uh, Miller Light that was right down the. I probably fired my wife up because that was about four o'clock in the afternoon. So I was in I was in good shape for the rest of the night. But uh, UFC two eighty seven, they had the, it was really cool. They had it was a uh, the main event was the best part, but it had a. Uh, Adesanya and uh, Pereira, which was the rematch, and uh, Trump was there with yeah, the ring yeah. size, ringside yeah. with Kid Rock and Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so uh, the co-main event, okay, was Masvidal, and so he was kind of like the guy who he hasn't won as much lately, but it's a big draw, right? That because was his final fight. His final fight, he retired. But he was like the king of Miami. He gets on there, he goes playing for the greatest. You know, got to you know participate in front of the greatest president in the history of mankind or whatever and starts talking about that and then he starts a let, let's go brandon chat chant on his way out the door i was like only in the ufc man <laughs> yeah and you know trump ate that shit up oh are you kidding he, he was freaking loving it but uh the fight was awesome because um he literally had said after like they talked about it in some pre-fight interviews that so this was like Pereira's is like his kryptonite right it's the only guy he's really ever lost to he lost to him in kickboxing before, like a long time ago, but lost to him twice. And then the guy gets decides to go MMA after Adesanya had gone through his whole roster because they couldn't find anybody to beat him. I mean, the guy gone like 22 straight fights without losing. First, his second fight ever in UFC, beats him and wins the title. And so he said he knows he could use his aggression against him. And so they, they go back and forth in the first round, but in the second round, he basically turtled up against the – cage and he was dude i thought it was over like i thought adesanya was gonna get beat again and dude he opened up one time and when he did adesanya hit him in the temple in the left temple and it was like wham wham twice in the left temple and it lights out so it went from being he was gonna lose to him putting the guy out in three seconds it was the it was a great it was a great card uh besides that but um i know you were fired up to to watch that our young our young friend rojas the undefeated 18-year-old got his ass whipped. Did he? Yeah, by Rodriguez. So the the one that I ended up reading more about was um, – okay, I don't know their names. It's okay. Just tell me. I'll tell you when you tell me the, the guys. Uh, kind of – two kind of both lean guys. There was a, a – Gilbert and, uh, and Masvidal. The white guy was the champ. And oh yeah, so that's Pereira Adesanya. Okay, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, there was only one championship fight. Yeah, he that fight turned like that, like in three seconds. That's yeah. why like. he was getting annihilated. And then, and then after the fight, they showed him talking. Yeah, like and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to come to Brazil," and because I guess the, the the guy that lost that was it for him. He's done. No, Maz, the fight before that. Yeah, I know, but. Oh, the, so the fight was. So the new champ was talking to the old champ like they weren't going to do this again. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Dana, because this is the fourth time they fought. I, d- I know this is not compelling podcast. Yeah. I don't know their no. names. So Adesanya and Pereira had fought twice in kickboxing a long time ago. Gotcha. Okay. And then they fought in UFC the last fight in this fight. So this was, another fight would be the fifth time they fought each other. And uh, Pereira is a dude, like the weight class is 185. Well, Perea walks in the ring. He's 210, 215. He cuts so much weight. He's a big dude fighting 185. And he's a legitimate fighter. I mean, 
Adesanya's a dude. Like, he, he's only lost to this guy, right? Right. And so, but he's very lean, almost like a safety body. Yeah. And this other dude's like a linebacker. I mean, it's it's really. Well, he didn't look like a linebacker. He lost. So he must have cut a lot of. He like cut you down said. like he he probably uh, fought at two ten on. He was weighing one eighty five on Friday and probably gained thirty pounds of weight or twenty twenty five pounds of weight between uh, Friday and and Saturday. Oh, yeah. They they when they cut weight, that's what that's what I don't like about UFC is you get some of these guys that cut all this weight to make the weight class on Friday. I mean, they it's it's brutal if you watch what some of these guys go through. Like, there's videos of people like damn near dying. Because they'll like wrap themselves and you know take uh, hot towels and sit in saunas for hours to cut weight, and like to the point where they may cut try to cut fifteen pounds in like three days, and then they go as soon as they weigh in, dude, they're just guzzling water and they're taking diuretics, dude. They're doing all kinds of things to get it get it down. So, um, but uh, Pereira's from I, mean, I guess he's from Brazil is his where he's from from, um, but uh, no, it was good, man. It was a um, and. Gilbert, who beat the guy who retired, he's okay. also from Brazil. Okay. So that may be what you're talking about. Masvidal is kind of like a uh, – he res- they respect each other a lot. They okay. were – which is unusual, but um, for the for Masvidal anyway. But it was it was a good card, man, and, and uh, I enjoyed it a ton. Along with my UFC, five people that like UFC that listen to the podcast. My son is one of the five. So it's – you other three guys, Cole, Cole, Cole likes, <laughs> Cole UFC. likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Cole likes UFC. So, you know, it's, uh, how about this though? You know what I tell you what's cool is, so my in-laws were in town. All right. Yep. So my wife's dad and her stepmom were, were in town. Dude, they watched it and they loved it. Really? Yeah. They were, they were loving it. They, they sat and watched the, cause we were, had the undercard on or whatever before we started. Dude, they, they loved it. It's uh, a lot of chick fights, man. They were getting after it. Oh Yeah. They were getting after it. So, no, it's, it's good stuff. So, I'll, I'll take you. We'll, we'll go one day. They're in Kansas City this weekend. So, there were the two guys on one of the cards that were both just completely bloodied. Oh, yeah. It was uh, – what fight was that? Cole can probably remind they, Like, if you get cut – because a lot of times when they get cut, it's up here. So, an elbow or anything, especially the ones that are really bad when they get really bloody is when you get cut like an elbow to the scalp right here. That's bad. And then the ones in the eye, man, those are the ones those eyes get to where they can't see. And if you get damage to your eye, you're you're done. I mean, if you, you can't see them coming. You know, it's a, it makes for a long night. <laughs> see, that's the part when that – I'd like to see those like, oh, let's stop. I don't, I don't want to see the guy get maimed. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm with you. But here's the thing, too. And I've told you this. I'm being dead serious. The best sporting event I've ever been to in my life. And I, I can't – I mean, I've been to a – I've been to some things. Mm-hmm. Been to the World Series, done the college football big game thing. Yeah. All right, been to the NFL thing, been to the NBA thing, done a Major League Baseball world, all that stuff. Best sporting event I've ever been to in my life, not even up for discussion. And my son, who's 15 now, I've taken him, though. He's been to a lot, too. He'll tell you the same thing. It's just like, dude, when you're down there close and you can, <laughs> you can hear him grunting, and you can hear when they get hit. Like it's not what you hear on TV. It's, it's, it's violent. I'm, I'm taking your word for it. I am. I'm not. I'm not judging. I, I just. Hey. I, I, it's it's good stuff, man. Okay. All right. It's good stuff. 
We've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We're not going to have a Thursday show. We'll be back uh, the plan at least next Monday. Get you uh, probably start turning the page to the NFL draft pretty heavy. It's coming up pretty quick. Yeah. So we got two weeks from Thursday. Yeah, so we'll we'll probably start turning our page to that. Uh, we'll wrap up some spring football stuff with what we hear, and we'll turn to the draft, and then we'll figure it out from there. But we'll Are you excited about spring football games this weekend? <clears throat> um, <sighs> no. Are you excited about going and covering a game that anybody that's going to be playing in August is not going to be playing? <laughs> Are well, you playing quarterback this weekend with the game you're covering? Yeah, I'm playing. Um, well, you know that when the coaches know the game's on TV that, okay, let's take this already watered-down playbook and let's drown it, okay? You're going to watch Inside Zone 47 yeah, times? We're going to run stuff that we would never run. Like, whatever third and seven play. That oh, they, yeah, you're not game playing. There's a zero. What you, can, what you can learn from a spring game. Is what their base is. Is what the base is, yeah. and what they won't run in the season. Yeah. Like, so if they run – whatever play that they run on third and seven ten times Saturday, that's a play that they're never running again. I remember real quick. I remember when we were uh, at South Alabama, and we were – I think maybe Dan Mullins last year. I don't remember. Dan Mullins was the head coach, and they had hired a coordinator, a new coordinator, and he'd come from USC. I can't remember who the guy's name was. But he came from USC – and so you don't know what they're going to do defensively, right? So part of the film you have is a TV copy of the spring game. And they lined up or whatever, and that's kind of how you have to – you have to take last year's USC film, and then you kind of marry it up. Okay, this is going to be their base or whatever, stuff like that, right? So all offseason you're watching this, you know, scheme and all that stuff. We get in the game. Not one snap did they line up. And, and not one snap defensively did they yeah. run did they run one coverage and or one front that we that they ran for 150-something plays in the spring game. I guess I've become a cynic about it. I, and it's not really cynical. It's just I'm a – you know me. I'm a pretty pragmatic person. You are. Common Sense Party 2024. Um, I just know that what we're covering – I have no problem with fans who come to games and go, hey, it's a football game. I'm going. Cool. Hey, I want to watch our new players. Cool. I want to see the transfer guys. Cool. Yeah. I have a problem with media outlets who go <laughs> – here are the 10 things we learned from this spring game. And I'm like, 10 things? The hot dogs were great in the concession stand this year. You didn't learn a damn thing. If unless you can, you're, you're good. Because I, I mean, don't. unless you're like, hey, you know, maybe a kicker goes four for four or something, right? I mean, kicking is kicking. Kicking is kicking. You go, okay. Maybe they've solved their kicking issue. Okay, cool. Not. Cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but even then you're like, okay, but it's going to be different when it's LSU 21, Ole Miss 20. 43-yarder yeah, a little bit. with six seconds left. Going to be a little different heart yeah. rate. No, your your mentions don't go up. In the, you don't get the old Twitter hate when you, when yeah. you miss in the spring it's a, game. It's a little different. A little bit different. But that's my thing. And and But fans, the kind of fans who subscribe to sites like the one that I run. Oh, they're in it. They want you to, they want you to give them that. I know. Well, I expect, I expect being a subscriber, I expect to have a depth chart on uh, Sunday after, or Saturday afternoon about 5 o'clock. I can tell you <laughs> that I do think, and your former boss was, I think, appreciative of this. There are coaches out there. Who Which one? Are, Matt. Okay. 
there are coaches out there who are appreciative of media who don't try to force a depth chart when there's that not, is two hundred and seventy percent accurate. When there's not one, because I'm smart enough to know that when I take a shot at a depth chart in April, no jokes, I am creating issues for the people that I cover. Have you ever talked about this? Yes. Like, dude, I cannot tell you how many times. I think the people who subscribe to my site finally believe me. For years, they didn't, and it was like a, a big thing, and now it's a running joke. But I don't do it because I know that what happens is parents, high school coaches, handlers, whoever, see a depth chart and go, why the hell is my guy running second team? Yeah, it was bad enough back then, right? Because yeah. I cannot tell you how many times we had to have a conversation because somebody's parents, like you're saying, they'd see it. In the world of the portal today, oh, oh, dude, hey, no, you, hey, look, you're not a starter, you're you're third team, oh, dude, that's tampering, like, that's insane. Oh like, yeah, it's you just, would actually I'm be creating. You're I'm, hurting the program instead of helping the pro. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Which is interesting, as a guy who has always been told that I was hurting the program, <laughs> and I intentionally am trying to not I can't, hurt the hey, program. I can honestly say you were never told that by any place where I was. No, but I yeah, no, it it. it it, it it happened before and after you. I was always. Fair. I will. I will say this. I will say this. Just not to that staff when it was Matt and Summerall and um, um, Derek Nix and I'm I'm drawing blanks on names. So, got Rich Rod, a lot of those. Don't guys. forget my guy Vic Nail. Jack Jack was a good dude. He hey. and I, you know Jack coached at Louisiana Tech and I grew up in Ruston, yeah. so we would talk about that. Sometimes. He was a head coach. Um, yeah, so th I never – that was – I've told people that, like, that was the challenge for me journalistically those couple of years. Man, I'd be like, man, I wish these guys would win. Yeah, me too. I know. <laughs> but I wanted them to – I mean, it was – my job was easy. You know, I mean – Mine wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but mine was, and it was good. I mean, and and there was a mutual respect. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, and the truth is I got along with Hugh. Yeah. Really well, and his staff for the most part. The, at the end, it got a little squirrely. Yeah, I wasn't here at the end, so I, I, I'm not. I was yeah. not privy to that. But no, my whole thing was, and, and I've been like that everywhere I've been, and I've said this on here before, but so I'm boring you. But my whole deal was, is I know that people in your position, and people in like David's position, and people in Chuck's position, and and uh, Ben Garrett, and those guys, y'all also have a job to do, right? And so. You got a job to do, and so what I you're going to get, in my opinion, this is make common sense party 2024. You're going to get the information anyway, right? Ninety nine point nine percent of it. eventually, eventually, right? Right. So, is and if there was something super sensitive, I would always be like, "Hey guys, look, this is coming down the pipeline or something like, so you can have your stuff ready or whatever." But you got a job to do, so I always viewed it as, and I and I made sure I will say this too. I didn't go like rogue. All right, like Matt knew, you knew. Oh, of course. Um, Nick knew, all right? And when I was at Alabama, I did the same thing with Andrew Bone and those guys and uh, Watts and all those guys, right? So my whole point was is y'all are going to get the information anyway, and it's better to tell you the information instead of you getting the information and trying to make something. Not make something you wouldn't, but some people would make some stuff up and ask me how I know, all right? <laughs> and and cost me, may or may not have cost me um, a really good recruit that I still haven't forgot about 10 years later, by the way. Um, almost to the day, um, but or to the year, but you got you're doing a job. You got a job to do just like I do, and so it, it just helped everybody. And I felt bad. Some coaches could give two shits less. I actually felt bad 
that like, cause I didn't want to be there, dude, like on Saturday mornings and we got 25 kids coming in. Yeah. All right. I didn't want to be there. What I always appreciated about you with, with those days was I could go, Hey, there's a hundred people here. I know you're not really recruiting these 100 people. <laughs> who are, who are the ones that, yeah. Who are the ones that matter? Because the other thing I hated doing, and you know this about me, and this is where I'm different than a lot of people that did and do this. I hated giving a kid false hope. <laughs> yeah. And some people would look at it, and some people, they work for sites that they had quotas, and you got to write stories, you got to write stories. And so Johnny Jones shows up, and he's five foot 11. 290 pounds, and I'm making up Johnny yeah. Jones, okay? You're saying you when I was going to recruit him at left You Apple? don't look like an <laughs> SEC player. And I would always just go, hey, you got any offers yet? Nope. Hey, good luck today. That was it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to write a story about you. And Johnny Jones came to Ole Miss for camp and blah, 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 and so his friends can make fun of him. Because yeah, it's, it's, it, it, that part's tough. The part that you wanted to say was, then why are you here? I mean, if you're trying to get an offer, coming to an SEC school like this is is mistake number one. Go way down multiple levels and see if – go to McNeese for camp. All right, can, since we're here, can I can I give a parenting tip? Because we probably got a lot of parents that listen sure. to our kids. All right, and just, I'm glad you brought that up. If you're – because spring recruiting is going to start next week, okay? So it actually opens up on the 15th, which is this weekend, mm -hmm. and it's going to go through May. So you're going to have, like, coaches come. This this is the worst mistake I think parents and kids make in recruiting, and you just brought it up. You'll have a kid from wherever. Let's say from the, he's from the Delta, Mississippi somewhere, old Johnny Jones, right? Sure. And South Alabama comes by. They want to offer him, but they want him to come to camp. Memphis will come by. Southern Miss will come by. Uh, Troy will come by. Jacksonville State will come by. And, all, and so they want him to come to camp because they're, they're interested in him. They want to see him to possibly offer him, right? Right. Well, then camp season comes around, and they go to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Auburn. And what happens is this, okay, is you're going to know in the spring kind of where you are in recruiting and, on, and where you're on people's boards. And if you spend all summer because you thought, oh, they like me, well, that's just because Mississippi State hadn't seen me. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. It's because Ole Miss hadn't seen me. Yes, they have. It's because yeah. Auburn hadn't seen me. Yes, they have. Yeah. And so what it is is this, is you go to those camps and you just turn into a check for them. Yep. They don't even pay a, they pay a little bit of attention, but you end up, then you go back and you try to commit to South Alabama. You try to commit to Southern Miss. And they're Miss, full. And we don't, there's no spots left. Right, they're full. They're full. And so you, I've seen countless, I mean, gazillions of kids that miss opportunities at other places because of that. And now they end up going – they end up being a FBS kid, but they end up going to FCS or whatever it is, lower levels, because the place that they could go is now full. That's the only – because I, I sometimes I would get back in the day when I was more involved in it. It's harder now because the kids control their own social media and stuff. Yeah. Back then it was different. A parent would be like, well, what do you think? I'm like, I'm not giving you advice except to say this. If you like a place and they like you and you don't have a 1,000 offers – you like a place, they like you, you go visit, they say, hey, we really want you, you should do it. Yeah. Just pull the trigger. If they ask you to come, I don't care, and I, this is the last part of advice, if a coach, college coach, asks your kid to come to a camp, you should go. Yes. Because 
when we get camp lists, and we like this is the list you're talking about, yep. right? Yep. All right, and you've seen the list. All right, so we may have 500 kids at camp that day. I got 40 names written down. That means 460 of you, unless you go run a four flat or you jump 50-something inches. And of the 40, about eight have legitimate offers, and you've got a a handful that y'all are wanting to see something. Maybe a coach wants to see a kid run. You want to really measure a kid. There's something going on that you're looking at. But 90% of the list is a check. Do you know how – fun fact. Minimum 90, by the way. It's, it's, It's usually more like 95. Yeah, fun fact. The entire time in all the years I was at Ole Miss, okay, so with Freeze combined with Matt Luke, there was one kid, one, Uno, that came into camp unannounced, didn't know anything about the kid, and I was like, holy shit, and we ended up offering the kid. One. And how many camps is that over the course of the deal? Who was the kid? Uh, Caleb Etienne, the big offensive lineman from New Orleans. We actually got him committed. Oh, yeah, And yeah, he yeah. didn't qualify. I had to go to junior college. He ends up – he's starting in Oklahoma State. Or was I don't know where he's yeah. how he finished, but kid walked in the door when you're six foot seven, three hundred pounds, and you move heads, like heads that. Heads turn. Yeah, like. But that's so rare that you can remember. That's the name. how rare it right, is. Right, right, right. That, right. That's the one kid. The only other kid like that I didn't know, like I had him on the list, but I didn't like know a lot about him was Caleb Warren, but he was on oh, the list yeah. to watch. Yeah. All right, and Caleb Warren ran like a five. 0540 at 320 pounds. Yeah, the point is is that yes. there there aren't many dudes that aren't on the radar. And so if you're not on the radar and you go, or you're not on that radar. No. You you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money and you and, and further you're creating an opening for another kid like you who's smart enough to go, "Hey, cuz like if Louisiana Tech invites you and your next best offer is North Texas, you're an idiot not to go. You should go. And then if and here's the and we'll stop here. Yeah. Your advice. You're in Ruston. You, you you like it. All jokes aside, you like it. You like the coaching at Tech. You like the whoever. I'm using Tech as an example. Mm-hmm. You're there for a camp in June, and they say, "Hey, Johnny, we really want you. Got a spot. Better commit. Do it." Yeah, commit Just, and hold your spot. If nothing else, you hold your spot. And commit and stop visiting. Yep. Lock it down. Put tech stuff in your social media. Yep. Come, come back when they ask you to come back. All that stuff. And be done and have a spot. And in today's world, if you end up being better than that, you can jump you can in the portal. Jump in the portal, go yep. to the next place. Hey, uh, we'll stop there. Thanks for everybody uh, being part of the stream. Again, um, thanks to Brian Landis at Georgia uh, State for his time today. He was awesome. We will uh, be back next week with another edition of McCrady and Siski powered by rain total body feel for Tyler. I'm Neil. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.